Today's New Testament lesson is from the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Peace be with you. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you for our scripture reading tonight. Welcome to week four of our sermon series, Reorientation, where we are exploring the preaching of Jesus through parables. Jesus used the parables to get the listener to desire to know the truth while at the same time conceal the truth from those who did not desire to know the truth. Parables explain what the kingdom of heaven is really like as opposed to our expectations of it. Parables also challenge us to reorient or change the focus of something in the message. For example, week one, we explored the parable of the sower. So we learned that we should not focus on the types of soil, but on the sower. Jesus sows everywhere, hoping for the seeds or the word of God to grow in us. Week two, we explored the parables of the wheats and tares or wheats and weeds. We learned that we should not focus on the wheats and the weeds. The sower wants both, the wheat which represents good seed to grow with the weeds which represents evil seeds, hoping that the weeds will be transformed into wheat. Week three, we explore the parable of the mustard seeds. We learn not to focus on the size of the seed, but we learn that with Jesus, a little or small is enough. This week, we will explore the parable of the two sons. I believe with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will reorient or refocus on the message Jesus is teaching. Let us pray. Gracious God, awesome God, Lord, I thank you. God, thank you for allowing us to hear your word. Use me, Lord. Crucify my flesh so that your spirit may rise up within me. Preach, teach this sermon. May it be pleasing and acceptable to you. Not my will be done, but your will be done. And all of those listening and watching under the sound of my voice, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, for we, your children, are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Right before our text begins, Jesus has had an exciting week. Jesus has entered Jerusalem and the people are shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. And then Jesus decides to go visit the temple courts. Now the first time he enters, he is angered at what he sees. Jesus cleanses the temple, I mean he cleans it out. He drove off the ones who were selling and buying in the temples. Scripture tells us he turned over the tables of the money changers and Jesus said to all of them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Jesus goes on to perform miracles of healing, lame people walking, blind people can see. He's doing all of this in the temple courts while the chief priests and elders are witnessing everything. And let me tell you, church, they became angry. Jesus left and Jesus came back a second time. Now the second time Jesus enters the temple courts, scripture tells us that he was teaching. Oh, wait a minute. They praise in his name. He's turning over tables and he's putting scripture on us and now he's standing in our courts and he's teaching. Ooh, they're really mad now, church. So the chief priests and the elders they questioned Jesus about his authority. Who told you? Who gave you the authority to stand in these temple courts and do and say the things that you are doing? Jesus does not answer the question, but rather he asked them a question. And the question he asked was, was the baptism of John from heaven or was it of human origin? Well, scripture tells us that the chief priests and the elders, they're having this conversation because they realize there's a lot riding on how they answer the question. See, if they say that John's baptism was from heaven, then why didn't we believe it? If we represent God in the temple, mm. But then on the other hand, if they say, that the baptism of John was of human origin, then the people are gonna call them false prophets. So they declined to answer Jesus and say, we do not know. <laughs> and likewise, Jesus does the same. So they asked Jesus the question, they said, Jesus, who gave you the authority? You see, they were trying to trap Jesus, but Jesus knew that they were trying to trap him. Jesus knew that if Jesus responded that his authority comes from God, then of course they would accuse him of blasphemy. Jesus also knew if he responded that his authority came from man, then Jesus would be denying himself as a true prophet. You see, the chief priests would have jumped up and they would have said, well, I tell you what, we did not authorize this teaching and this action. Well, instead of Jesus getting upset with them, Jesus asked them another question. 
And this question that he asks, it seems unrelated to the matter at hand. Jesus begins with, what do you think? <laughs> now what's interesting here, in the parables the past three weeks, Jesus has been talking to the crowd. Yet today, Jesus is standing up to the chief priests and the elders of the temple courts, and he challenges them with that question. He says, what do you think? I really want to know what you think. And in this parable, Jesus says, here we go. There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. So Jesus looks at them and says, which of the two did what his father wanted? And you know, the chief priests and the elders, oh, they wanted to respond quickly because you're trying to call us out at the temple courts. You're trying to put us you know, in a trap. We know the answer. The first, they answered. But what they didn't realize, they fell in the trap anyway. <laughs> because by giving Jesus the answer that they thought was correct, they were admitting that they fell short. They didn't even realize that they were telling on themselves. This reminds me of one Saturday evening at the dinner table. Every Saturday after our chores and homework were done, Granny allowed us to go outside and play in the neighborhood. She would always say, you can go outside and play, have fun, and remember to do as I say. Yes, ma'am, we will reply, and we run out the door. Well, this Saturday, she said, ah, ah, ah. come back, one more thing. You got to take your younger sister with you. Mm. Oh, yes, ma'am. And at that moment, we were much like the chief priests and the elders. We set the rules that only we could follow. We made the rules, but we knew we could break them. So we told our younger sister, look at here. If you go with us, you better not tell Granny what we do today. Because if you tell Granny, you won't come back anymore. Well, you know, all younger siblings want to hang with their older siblings. So she took the vow and she said, I promise I won't tell a thing. All right. Well, in our neighborhood, there was this walking bridge. And the walking bridge, it covered over, it crossed over Ellington Parkway. And it connected our neighborhood to our other friend's neighborhood. Okay, and all the happenings happened in the other neighborhood. So my siblings and I, we go and we leave the house, we meet up with our friends at the bottom of the bridge and yes, church, we cross it. 
and go to the other side with our friends and we had a good time. When we got home, Granny said, I'm glad y'all made it in. Go on and clean up for dinner. Ooh, and dinner was so good that night. So Granny's sitting at the table and we're eating and we looking at each other eating like, woo, we had fun today. And Granny turns up her RC double cola and she drinks it and then boom, she puts it back down on the table. And when she puts it on the table, she said, did you have fun today? Yes, ma'am, we replied. Did you remember to do as I say? We did not talk to strangers. We stayed together. We behaved like we had since. We returned home before the street lights came on. <sighs> Granted, we walked over the walking bridge. Granny said, what did I tell y'all? Don't walk over the walking bridge. Mm. Now, of course, you know, we got in trouble right after dinner. You see, much like the chief priest and the elders and the second son that we read about, we pretended to do. Yet we did not do what our grandmother asked us to do. We made rules that only we would follow and you had to follow them if you wanted to be with us. Church, it is dangerous to pretend with God. God will call you out every time. God created us and God knows our intentions. The first son, though he originally said no, he changed his mind and did as his father asked. The second son, Though he originally said yes, he did not do as the father asked. Church, once again, though the response of the sons are important, we do not need to focus only on what a son is doing. Don't worry about the response or which son responded best or try to identify yourself with one of the sons, but, We need to focus on the message. You see, because neither of the son's words match their actions. I believe Jesus is calling us to something much deeper. Listen to the text. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going to enter the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe. Well, they're looking at Jesus and they don't realize what Jesus is saying to them. This is profound what Jesus has just said. Jesus reminds them that they've already had several opportunities to repent or change their minds and believe, yet they did not take advantage of it. Jesus says, John came to you. He offered you the way of righteousness. He said, repent, repent. For the kingdom 
It's coming. It's near. Repent. Yet you rejected his teachings. Jesus says, and then I came. And I said, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was near. It's at hand. Yet you rejected me too. And then you saw the transformation. If that wasn't good enough for you, you saw the transformation of the tax collectors. The tax collectors were cruel and wicked. They treated the people so bad and the prostitutes selling their bodies, hurting themselves. You were there, you seen it, yet you still refuse to believe. Jesus is telling them, look, we've laid it out for you. And you think because you're educated, because you have earned your right to sit at Moses' seat, that you will enter the kingdom of heaven before these outcasts? But you don't even believe? You don't feel you need to repent? You don't feel that you should obey the laws that you set? And then you don't do for those that are in need? Really? God requires us to not only know the word, but live our lives through the word. Jesus invites us to repent. John said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, which means to turn away from or change one's mind and one's heart. We have to repent, people. Jesus is calling us to repent, just like the first son. Jesus calls us to stuff and asks us to do things. I know I'm guilty. And I'll say, God, now I don't know what you're up to, but I'm not, I, I, if you're sending me, I don't, I mean, I'm just probably not going to go. I mean, Lord, I don't know because I don't know what you're trying to do with me. Yes, I do, church. But then it stays in my mind. It begins to work on my heart and it won't go away. And so then, church, I have to repent and say, God, forgive me. For I have sinned, I didn't do what you asked me to do. I'm, re I'm rebelling against you. God, forgive me and help me to understand and give me the strength to do whatever you're calling me to do. And then God wants us to believe. Now, when you believe something, you have confidence in the truth of what is being told to you. You believe in the existence and the reliability or the value of who Jesus is and what Jesus says. Jesus said, believe my word. Believe in me. Believe that I came here for you. Believe that I came to save you. 
Believe it. Believe in what I say. Believe in what you saw. Believe in what you heard. Believe in what you witnessed. Believe it. See, it's one thing to repent and then go about doing your own thing again. But if you repent and you believe in the one that you are asking for forgiveness, that's something else. But you can't stay there. God also wants us to obey. You know, when you obey, you follow instructions that are given by authority. The father in the text, he asked his sons to go and work in his vineyard. To go out and work. Jesus is asking us today to go out and work in my vineyard. Go out there. Go, like I said last week, and make disciples. Go out and teach and preach the good news. Go out there and tell somebody about the gospel. Go, do, pray, serve, forgive, whatever it is. Jesus is saying, do it. Obey me. And they all go together and they have to be together. You can't repent and don't believe and obey sometimes and do what you feel. Then you're still playing God in your own life. No church, when the Father asks you to go, to do, to serve, to love, forgive, accept, to welcome, to feed, to wash, to give. Whatever the Father is asking you, do it. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let the church say, amen.